Hi, friends. I'm Tierney. I'm Katie. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead, Dead Drunk. Drunk. It's an episode, Nate. <laughs> oh, wow. That was horrible. Let's do that again. Oh, I loved it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you have four days. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And do you remember that vine where the T in Target is flashing? That's what Yeah. That was my thought exactly. It's an episode, Nate. Oh, yeah. A tyrannosode. I'm sorry. Sounds like, I don't know, a disease or something. All right. So (laughs) I'm so excited this week. I know that literally every podcast that exists has covered somewhat part of this case, but it's my favorite. So we're going to do it too. Okay. I want to be involved. Um, So we'll start with our drink and we are doing the orange crush. It's not exactly a signature cocktail that we have created. It's definitely already a thing. But That's okay. it is, yeah, right? It's fine. It's a pretty popular drink in Maryland, which is where this case took place. Go Ravens. Go Ravens. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, somebody gets it. All I had to do was make Shelby play fantasy, and now she loves the Ravens. <laughs> oh, what a great defense. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I know. It was even better when I had it last year, but anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, Katie, will you tell us what's in the Orange Crush? No, it's a secret. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, what you're going to do is you're going to grab some ice, and then you're going to pop in two ounces of orange vodka and two ounces of triple sec. Top that shit off with, you know, some crushed orange and some Sierra Mist, and bang, you got an orange crush. Ooh, citrusy. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Why do they like that so much in Maryland? Because it's liquid. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> Because it- it's alcohol. <laughs> If I remember reading correctly, I'm pretty sure it started at this place called Harborside Grill, and then it just became very popular all over Maryland. Mm, that's so strange. Yeah. But they drink it there. and Think of all the bitches that drink kamikazes and green tea shots here. Right, but it's not a state-by-state thing. A lot of people don't even know what a green tea shot is. People are oh, just like, well, why that's the fair. fuck are you doing that? <laughs> um, Because it's delicious. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so unfortunately... The people that are involved in our case were not enjoying any orange crushes because they were all in high school. But we will get into that as I cover the case against Adnan Syed. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, what a good name for an episode. Thanks. <laughs> it's what the HBO documentary is called. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, they're nailing it. Before I even begin, I want to tell you that if you enjoy what I'm telling you in this case, which is... A super summarized version because there's so, so much. If you enjoy it and you want to know more, you can go listen to Serial or Undisclosed. Those are two podcasts that cover this episode by episode. Really, season one of both of those just is this case. And it's in many, many episodes because there's so, so much. I kind of went through and picked out what I thought was the most important to tell you. But there's so much more if you listen to those. And the HBO documentary that just came out called The Case Against Adnan Syed tells you a lot too and you get to see all the people that are in the case and hear their voices and things like that so it's super cool but 
I'm so excited. Maybe this will just get you interested. I'm in excited, but like also sad because, you know, obviously some bad shit is about to happen. Yes, it is. Okay. <clears throat> so if you're familiar with this case, you know how in-depth this story gets. It's one of my favorite cases because of how much debate circles it and how many holes you can get sucked into while doing research. Adnan Sayed is now 39 years old, but when he was just 17, he was convicted of the murder of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee. Since then, Adnan has been behind bars. Oh my God. I'm not here to tell you whether or not he is innocent. I'm just here to state the facts of this case and let you decide for yourself. But he is. But like he's innocent. (laughs) (laughs) So before we can get into why Adnan's case is viewed as a wrongful conviction to so many people, we need to start at the beginning. And this story starts with our victim, Heyman Lee. Hate was a normal high school girl attending Woodlawn High School in Baltimore, Maryland. She was smart, beautiful, and talented, and loved by many, many people. Hay was very involved in the school activities. She was the manager for the boys' wrestling team, and she also played lacrosse and field hockey. She was also a member of the Magnet Program, which is where she met her boyfriend, Adnan Syed. What's the Magnet Program? It's a program that, like, the smart kids are involved. It's kind of like an honors program. Ooh, that's a really cool name for it. Yep. Makes them sound like (laughs) X-Men. So Adnan, like Hay, was a student athlete. He ran track. He won prom prince. I was going to say prom king, but it was like a prom prince because it was their junior prom. Oh. And he was all around a good kid. Adnan is Muslim, and he was very involved in his religion as well. He spent a lot of time at the mosque with his family and friends and even spoke there sometimes. And these friends included his best friend, Saad Chaudhry, who his sister, Rabia Chaudhry, does the podcast undisclosed and she is a big advocate for Anon. Oh, she's awesome. Yes. You, you might've heard that name. If you've heard the, anything about this case, we love Rabia. She's a queen. I didn't know she was so directly involved. Oh in it. yeah. Wow. She's she loves Anon. Like they are very close too. Aww. Yep. So Hay and Anon were both from strict households and their parents did not allow either of them to date because of this. The two kept their relationship a secret from their parents, even though, they kind of did have an inkling that something was going on. So, hey, like many schoolgirls, kept a diary. Many excerpts have become public record due to the trial, which I can't even imagine how she would feel knowing all of these people were reading her diary. <laughs> like, yeah, I would be if anyone read my diary from when I, I don't even know if I had one in high school, but oh, like, 100% I did. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I would never want anybody to read all of my half started journals from my life. Yeah. But this one, in, in this case, definitely gives us an insight to her brain as well as her relationship with Adnan. So as I mentioned, the HBO four-part series titled The Case Against Adnan Syed does a fantastic job of bringing Hayes' journal to light and bringing her to life through these journals. There's lots of cool like animations and stuff that really like make us know who Hay was. Oh, that's so yeah. nice. The whole first episode of that is like just based on hay, which I think is really important. So when I was reading the journals myself while doing research for this episode, I came across so many doodles of Adnan's name and another boy Don's name. And it reminded me of the scene from Shrek when Fiona's like, Mrs. Fiona Charming. Mrs. Fiona Charming. (laughs) It's like it just looks so much like a high school girl's diary. It like really humanizes her and makes us feel like this was just a normal high school girl. And she was infatuated with Adnan. She wrote an entry about her time at the prom with him. This was pretty soon after they first started dating. It was April 27th of 1998. It says, 
I'm reading her handwriting, so it's like a little hard to read. Eek! 20 days since I wrote. Oh, well, let me fill you in. School is still a bitch, but I'm surviving it. And prom was the 25th. And I better tell you about it all while it's still fresh in my mind. I wore this dress that's blue and sparkles, and it's purple in the light. I was supposed to be dropped off at Aisha's, but the tire bursted, so I had to call Adnan. Me and Anon had troubles. We had a huge fight the day before prom. But we cleared the air just in time for prom. We had a blast. First, he dropped me off at Aisha's, still not dressed. I seriously freaked because I thought we were going to be late for prom. But he got his tux, and after group picks, we were off to prom. We took our picks together, one of me and one with me, Aisha, Becky, and Debbie. I was so crazy. (laughs) Then we came back to cafe and we had so much fun me and Adnan were dancing like crazy hugging and kissing I swear he's the sweetest guy but let me tell you why he was the prom prince and Stephanie McPherson was prom princess and traditionally they were supposed to dance together to my song Casey and Jojo's all my life how does that one go a bop all my life oh okay (laughs) I tried to act natural and unjealous, but it did kind of bother me. But I took the pic of them dancing and sat next to Debbie, who went on about how neat it is for Adnan to be the prince. Ten seconds later, guess who danced with me and not Stephanie? Adnan! Now, how can I not fall in love with this guy? Of course, I gave him his first kiss on the lips. Then I totally fell in love with him. That was the cutest thing I've ever it heard. It was so cute. Yeah, and it was, was really hard to read in her well. handwriting on a computer I screen. I think you did a good job. We'll see. We'll see how that comes out. That was <clears> so <throat> adorable. I love that the entry started with eek. I know. Eek. Wow. She's like, so You can cute. just tell she's like a fun loving, like cute little like, oh, I'm so in love yeah. with Adnan. We had the best time at prom. It's like, she's just so sweet. Okay. Now I love her. Yeah. So it's safe to say that Hay and Adnan had a very typical high school romance. She continues to write more in her journal about how she's so in love with Adnan and about a time that he brought her a rose during class and how sweet it is and how how sweet he is and how he loves her like crazy. That's really sweet. That's really cute. Her journal also hints at times that her and Adnan's family were catching on to their relationship, but she would always end her journals with things like, they can't stop us. Love conquers all. Oh, that's kind of cute. That is really sweet. Things are going well for the two, but then Hay starts to worry that she's pulling Adnan away from his religion. Adnan is not allowed to date because of his Muslim customs. And she talks about how she doesn't want to come in between him and his family and his religion. She suggested going on what she called a recess week with him, which is like taking a break, which never sounds good. She claims that she still loves him so much, but she's just not sure about their relationship anymore. There's too much standing in between them, mostly the Muslim customs that he has. She also mentioned that Adnan could get possessive and jealous and that she was a very independent person, so that wasn't necessarily working for her. Okay. After this recess week, though, the two got back together and there are so many more entries of Hay talking about how much she loves Adnan. She would always call him my baby and how she can't wait for them to be able to have their relationship be public after they become adults. Any fights that they would have would be very short-lived, and he would always end her diary entries again, saying, I know we'll survive this. That's really sweet. 
Mm-hmm. In December of 1998, Hayes starts working at Lens Crafters and meets a boy named Don Kleindest. This was not great for Don. Hayes starts writing entries about how she can't get Don out of her head. She loves Adon, so why can't she stop thinking about Don? Don is a couple years older than Hay. He was 22 and she was 18. So on December 7th of 1998, Hay wrote, Donald Kleindest, oh, why? Why are you on my mind? I love Adnan, but Don. Hay and Adnan are completely different people. And I won't compare them. Compare what? I love Adnan. But all I could think of when Adnan was kissing me was Don's baby blues, his Mm. crooked smile, his blonde brown hair. What the hell am I doing? Don, oh dear, why me? I love you, Adnan, but I don't know why I'm having these thoughts. I love you, Adnan. Wow. I love her. Your performance is just as on par as Elliot (laughs) Roger, but I love her entry (laughs) way more than anything. Her entries are so much better than his, though, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not explicitly stated in her diary, but we know that Adnan and Hay did end up breaking up, and she started dating Don in late December, early January. Okay. Hay then gets into a minor car accident and has both Adnan and Don look at her car, since her and Adnan are still friends. The two meet, meaning Adnan and Don, and they're completely cordial to each other. And you can just tell from this meeting, and everyone has said of this meeting, that they were fine. Adnan wasn't mad at Hay. He was definitely upset, but he wasn't mad at her. People do remember that Adnan was having a hard time when Hay broke up with him. He was visibly upset for probably about a week, according to his friends at school. And this will later be used against him. But I went on a little right here. He is a high school boy going through his first breakup. Like, of course, he's upset. And being upset is, yeah, it's normal. And the fact that he was nice to Don at the time they looked at the car together, as well as the fact that Hay felt comfortable enough introducing the two of them, means that he wasn't enraged enough to kill anyone. Yeah. yeah, if she thought it was going to go badly, she wouldn't have called. Right, them both. she's a very level head. Like she seems like a like a good girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's a she's a responsible. I didn't describe her as this before, but many people described her as a responsible kid. And honestly, yeah, him getting a little bit possessive and jealous—that sounds like first relationship kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's not. It doesn't sound abnormal to me. Yeah. Right. And himself would later say that he had nothing but love and respect for Hay, and he was never mad at her. Okay, thank you for coming to my TED talk. so Hayes' last diary entry was on january 12th of 1999 and it reads i love you don i think i found my soulmate i love you so much i fell in love with you the moment i opened my eyes to see you in the break room for the first time (laughs) oh lens class lens crafters love so that day of january 12th hay and don had spent time together and they had plans to see each other again the next day on the last page of her diary, Hay had a phone number listed. At first, when authorities looked through her diary, they thought that it was Don's phone number because on the same page, as I described before, it was like Don's name with 100 hearts and it just looked like Don, Don, Don. And then this phone number, you would assume it's Don's phone number, right? Mm-hmm. So we later find out that the number was actually Adnan's because Adnan had just gotten a new cell phone. And at the time, cell phones were still very new. It was 1999. January of 1999. So not many teenagers their age had cell phones, and this will be really important later, so just keep it in the back of your head. The next day, January 13th, 1999, is where things get a little fuzzy. 
So in the podcast serial, Sarah Koenig, who is the host who does all this research and she calls Adnan and has a lot of recordings with him and conversations and they're kind of dispersed within the podcast. It's a really good podcast. You should do it if you haven't. Um, she, in the first episode, does a little experiment to see how much teens can recall from weeks before. So let's replicate that right now. Shelby, Katie. Oh, no. Uh-oh. What did you do on July 30th? Just from memory, because remember, in 1999, these kids couldn't go on Facebook or scroll through text to see exactly what they did. So from memory, what did you do on this day six weeks ago? Uh, probably eat. <laughs> right? How, like, when you really think about it that way, like, how hard is it to say, oh, January 13th, what was I doing now six weeks later? No. You can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you're looking, and if you went to your texts or you went to Facebook and looked at what you posted, maybe you would come up with something because you had something to reference, but they didn't have that because they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have Facebook and all that stuff. So unless there's a major event on the day, which is what Sarah Koenig found out, you don't really remember a lot. There's nothing to put you in a certain place at a certain time. So like, for example, when she interviewed her nephew at the time, one of his friends said, Oh, there was a state test that day. So I remember that I went to the movies after I went. It was like I saved up to go to a nightclub after or something because there was a test. So because of the state test was that day, he remembers kind of the rest of the day because oh, they had something okay. to be like if I asked you, what, what did you do on your birthday this year? Oh, you'd yeah. probably be able to tell me much more than what did you do on this random date? Mm-hmm. So in England. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what we know for sure. Again, there's a lot I'm leaving out because. There's so much, but here's what we definitely, definitely know. On the afternoon of January 13th, Heyman Lee did not show up to pick up her cousin from school. It was a little cousin and she always picked her up at like 345. She was really responsible. So when she didn't show up, they knew something was wrong. Six weeks later, her body was found buried in Lincoln Park. Oh my God. Her cause of death was manual strangulation. Oh. The rest is all hypothetical because there's no physical evidence found in this case. How? It is completely all circumstantial evidence. How is there? But they found the body and there's still no, none at all? Nope. That's insane. I'm not going to get into the fibers that they found kind of near her body, but they were pretty much inconclusive. Is Israel Keys dead at this point? <laughs> I don't think it was Israel Keys, oh, but okay. you never know. If you don't know who Israel Keys is... <laughs> Just hop on over to another podcast, search it. I don't know. We'll do it later. But I'm pretty sure he he didn't start anything until 01 after he was in um, the military. But that's, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he did. So first I'm going to tell you the state's case. On the morning of February 28th, 1999, Anon was woken up in his bed by the police and arrested for the murder of Heyman Lee. Oh my God. Just hours before... The police questioned Anand's friend, Jay. Jay Wilds was Stephanie's boyfriend. Remember Stephanie, the prom princess that Anand didn't dance with because he danced with Hay instead? Oh, yeah. Stephanie was one of Anand's closest friends. So when she started dating Jay, Anand and Jay started hanging out a little bit. They weren't super close or anything, but Jay sold weed and Anand would smoke with him. Okay. I feel like we all have that friend. Yeah, that's fair. So January 13th was Stephanie's birthday. And Anand says that he lent Jay his car to go buy Stephanie a birthday present. Then he went to the library after school and then to track practice. He said that 
when he had track track practice, he had a little bit of time to kill. So a lot of times he would go to the library and check his email. Again, his story was not completely exact with times because it had all happened six weeks before and his memory was foggy. You see, in Adnan's mind, nothing out of the ordinary had happened that day. So it was hard for him to remember. But I said I would give you the state's case, Jay's story, which again was all they really had against Adnan. Sure, there were his fingerprints in Hay's car, more specifically on a map in her back seat. However, you have to remember that Adnan had been in Hay's car dozens of times, if not more. Adnan and Hay spent a lot of time together, so his fingerprints being in her car or on a map in her back seat really meant nothing. Right. They were dating for a while and then they were friends, right? Right. So that would be like somebody finding my fingerprints in the garbage monster in your back car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this evidence really means nothing. So Jay had multiple recorded interviews with the police. When the first one was and how many times Jay met with police off the record, well, that's up for debate. We do know, however, that Jay, through the years, changed his story about seven times. Oh, my God. Yet the state's case still is Jay's story. So what was his story? Well, at first, Jay's story was that he was in the car with Adnan, and Adnan said he was going to, quote-unquote, kill that bitch, referring to Hay. Adnan gave Jay his cell phone and left his car with him as well so that once it was done, Jay could pick up Adnan and bring him back to school. Jay's story is that Adnan convinced Hay to drive him to Best Buy, strangled her in the parking lot, in the middle of the day, mind you, transferred her body to the trunk with no one seeing, even though it was broad daylight, went in to use a payphone at Best Buy, which I'm not going to get into, but we're not even really sure that this payphone existed from maps at the time. Went in to use a payphone, called Jay and said, the bitch is dead. I'm at Best Buy. This call is later referred to as the 236 call, and it was an incoming call to Adnan's cell phone that lasted five seconds. Prosecutors use this to establish Adnan's supposed timeline. So I'm going to go to the serial website right now because they have many different timelines listed here, and it will be easier for me just to tell you what they think. So in Jay's first interview... 10.45, he gets a call from Adnan. 11.45, Adnan, drives, or Adnan arrives at Jay's house. They go to Westview Mall, and Adnan tells Jay that he's going to kill Hay. 12.30, Jay drops off Adnan at school and keeps Adnan's phone in the car. At 12.35, Jay goes to Jen's house. Jen Pusateri is one of Jay's friends, and she is involved, but we're not going to talk that much about her in this because it's not super important. Okay. So Jay goes to Jen's house at 1235 and they hang out there for about three hours. At 1245, Jen gets home from work. At 340, Adnan calls Jay and tells Jay to meet him at a strip off Edmondson Ave. At four o'clock at the meeting point, Adnan shows Jay Hay's body in the trunk of the car. What? Why? That doesn't make any sense. At 415, Adnan and Jay ditch Hay's car at the I-70 parking ride. At 4.35 to 5.05, Adnan and Jay smoke a blunt at Papatsko State Park. They stay there for about 30 minutes. At 4.30 p.m., Jay drops off Adnan at track practice and goes home because apparently Adnan had told Jay, I need to be seen at track practice for my alibi. It's just the strangest timeline because you've already established that he's a really smart kid and first of all, sounds like a kid that wouldn't call a girl a bitch. Hmm. I couldn't. I can't really picture him saying I'm picturing him like a nerd 
I'm picturing a nerd. He's not a nerd. He's a popular kid. He's a jock. No, I mean like in a good way. But a he's really like, smart kid, a really nice kid. He's just an all around like Yeah. Everyone loves him. He's That's like, what I mean by nerd. Yeah, not a yeah, bad yeah. thing, but like a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So then six forty five, Anon calls Jay on the cell phone and asks Jay to pick him up from track practice. At seven o'clock, Jay and Anon go to McDonald's. The police call Adnan while they're eating looking for hay. At 7.15, they leave McDonald's to go to Jay's house for a shovel and pick. At 7.30, Jay and Adnan return to the park and ride to retrieve Hay's car. They drive around the area. Adnan is driving Hay's car and Jay is driving Adnan's car. So they're in two cars. Adnan and Jay arrive at Lincoln Park and Adnan buries Hay's body in the woods. Jay says it takes Adnan about a half an hour. Adnan and Jay leave Lincoln Park and drive around some more until finally they ditch Hay's car in a residential lot. Adnan throws Hay's things and, and the shovel into a dumpster at Westview Mall. Adnan and Jay go to 7-Eleven. Adnan drops off Jay at home. And Jay tells Jen Pusateri that Adnan killed Hay. That is his first recorded interview. It doesn't make... I don't understand how the police can believe that somebody would confide all of this in somebody they just met. Like, they're not even good friends, right? They're friends through the prom princess. Yeah. So that doesn't... Well, yeah. So remember that one I just told you. Okay. Now here comes Jay's second interview. 10.45, Jay gets a call from Adnan. 11 to 11.30, Adnan arrives at Jay's house, and they go to the Security Square Mall, and Adnan tells Jay that he's going to kill Hay. Again, not Westview Mall, Security Square Mall this time. Okay. 12.45, Jay drops off Adnan at school and keeps Adnan's phone and his car. Five minutes later, Jay goes to Jen's house and plays video games with her brother. This time, Jen isn't even there. It's her brother that's there. Then 1.30 p.m., Jen comes home from work, and Jay tells Jen about Adnan's plan to kill Hay. Jay gets three calls from Adnan while at Jen's house, two on the cell phone and one on Jen's landline. 3.30 p.m., Jay doesn't hear from Adnan, so he leaves Jen's house. 3.35 p.m., Adnan calls Jay when Jay is halfway home to say, come and get me, I'm at Best Buy. 3.40 p.m., Adnan shows Hay's body in the trunk of the car, and this is now at the Best Buy parking lot, not at Edmondson Ave. It's a totally different place. Oh, my gosh. 3.55, Adnan and Jay ditch Hay's car at the I-70 park and ride and head to the Forest Park neighborhood looking for weed. 3.32 p.m., on the way to Forest Park to buy weed, Adnan calls Nisha. Nisha is one of Adnan's friends, and the Nisha call becomes another part of the case that we're not going to get into because if Jay had Adnan's phone, they're saying that Jay wouldn't have called Nisha because Jay doesn't know Nisha. Mm -hmm. It is maybe a butt dial by accident that Jay might have happened if Adnan is not there, but we're not going to get too far into the Nisha call because it's confusing. 3.59 p.m., Jay calls his friend Patrick to score some weed. 4.30 p.m., Adnan and Jay smoke a blunt in Papatsko State Park. They stay there for 20 to 30 minutes. At 5.10 p.m., Jay drops off at Nana track practice. 5.15 to 5.45, Jay drives to Gilston Park to smoke a blunt by himself, not with Adon this time. Then he drives back to his house and then to Kathy's house, who's a new person. She's referred to as Kathy through all of Serial. They call her, like, not a real name Kathy because they know her real name's not Kathy. Her name's Krista. It comes up later. Okay. Um... So they, then he goes, he's all of a sudden there at 
Jay is just at Kathy's house to smoke weed and is there for 10 to 20 minutes. At 5.45, Anon calls Jay on the phone and asks Jay to pick him up from track practice. At 6 p.m., he picks up Anon. 6.15, they go to back to Kathy's house. No 7-Eleven? Nope. They're at Kathy's house this time and not going to get into Kathy as much either, but later she'll be like, oh, they came when I was watching Judge Judy, so they couldn't have been there this time because Judge Judy's on at this time. She just loves Judge Judy. Anyway, I'm trying not to be too confusing, but there's like so much. Yeah. So then Hay's brother calls Anon looking for Hay. Then the police call Anon looking for Hay. This is now happening at Kathy's house, not at McDonald's. McDonald's is not even mentioned mentioned in this when i get mcdonald's i remember when i get mcdonald's oh yeah you feel like shit for eight days after right so then at 6 30 jay and anon drive to jay's house to get shovels at 6 55 jay and anon return to the park and ride to retrieve hayes car anon and jay then arrive at lincoln park and bury hayes body in the woods anon and jay drive around for 30 minutes until finally they ditch hayes car in a residential lot anon throws hayes things and the shovels into a dumpster at westview mall anon drops jay off at home Jen picks up Jay at his house and tell and Jay tells her that Adnan killed Hay. She takes him to the FNM and he throws his clothes in the dumpster. Then they go to the dumpster at Westview Mall and he wipes his fingerprints from the shovels. Then Jay goes to see Stephanie and then Jen and Jay go back to Kathy's or Krista's for the rest of the evening until Jay comes home. So how different were those two stories? Those were crazy stories. Yeah. And he did he say two different malls in the second story yep but it changes again for their trial oh this is his testimony okay 10 45 jay gets a call from adon 11 45 to 1 p.m adon arrives at jay's house which is like a long amount of time i don't know yeah they go to security square mall for about an hour and 15 minutes on their way there adon tells jay he's going to kill hay 1.05 p.m., Jay drops off Adnan at school and keeps Adnan's cell phone and car. 1.15 p.m., Jay goes to Jen's house. She's not home, but Jay and her brother play video games for about 30 minutes. At 1.45, Jay and Jen's brother go to the mall so Jay can finish shopping for Stephanie. Then Jay and Jen's brother return to Jen's house, and Jen gets home from work. Adnan calls again on the cell phone and asks Jay to pick him up at 3.45. At 3.45, Jay doesn't hear from Adnan, so he leaves Jen's house to get, go to his friend Jeff's. At 3.50 p.m., Jeff wasn't home. As Jeff is turning off Jeff's street, Adnan calls Jay and asks him to get him at Best Buy. At 3.55, Jay drives to Best Buy, where Adnan shows him Hay's body in the trunk for car. So now the trunk pop is still at Best Buy. At 4.10, Adnan and Jay ditch Hay's car at the I-70 park and ride. At 4.20, they... Smoke a blunt? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, 4.20, they drive towards Patrick's house to buy weed, but Patrick isn't home, so they head to Forest Park to buy it. And it's important to note at this time that if Jay's time estimates have been relatively on target, then his story is an hour off from the story that the cell phone records tell. Oh, my God. We'll get into the cell phone records later. 4.30 p.m., Adnan calls Nisha, and Jay talks to her briefly. At 4.45 to 4.57, Jay calls Phil and Patrick. 4.57 p.m., Adnan and Jay buy weed near Forest Park Ave. At 5.10 p.m., Jay calls Jen to see if Kathy is home. I don't know why he would call Jen to see if Kathy is home because they live at different places, but if that's your story. At 5.15 p.m., Jay drops Adnan off for track practice. At 5.30 p.m., Jay drives to Kathy's house. 
At 5.55 p.m., Adnan calls Jay on the cell phone and asks Jay to pick up, pick him up from track practice. At 5.10, I'm sorry, at 6.10 p.m., Jay picks Adnan up from track practice. At 6.25 p.m., Adnan and Jay go back to Kathy's house. At 6.50 p.m., Adnan and Jay leave Kathy's and drive to Jay's house where they get two shovels. At 7.15, they drive to the park and ride. Adnan gets Hay's car and tells Jay to wait for him to McDonald's. So now McDonald's is all of a sudden back in the story. Okay. Then we don't have time references now for the rest of it in the in the testimony. But Adnan meets Jay at McDonald's. They drive around for 45 minutes and finally arrive in Lincoln Park. Jay and Adnan bury Hay in the woods. Adnan and Jay drive around a while before ditching Hay's car in a residential lot. Adnan throws some of Hay's stuff into a dumpster at Westview Mall. And Jay throws the shovels into a dumpster behind Value City. Adnan drops Jay off at home. Or Jen picks up Jay out at the mall, he doesn't remember, and takes him home. Jay changes his clothes, and him and Jen drive back to SU Mall, where he wipes his fingerprints off the shovels. Jay and Jen drive to Superfresh, where Jay throws his clothes in a dumpster. Jen drives to Jay to Stephanie's house, where he gives Stephanie her birthday present. Jay and Jen spend the rest of the night at Kathy's apartment, and then Jay gets back home for the night at 11 p.m. Okay, so obviously it changed so many times, but it sounds like the constant is that for some inexplicable reason, Adnan told Jay that he wanted to kill Hay. And then again, for some reason, this acquaintance of Adnan's is giving him drive, like is giving him rides places. And the entire time from Best Buy to whenever after Mc, or before McDonald's, or seven eleven in the trunk. Yeah, so I I told you so much just then, and I know it was like all over the place. So a quick summary of what this messed up crazy timeline is, and the reason I told you all of them is to show you how unreliable Jay is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay's story basically is that Adnan killed Hay, put her in the trunk. They then he went to track, and while he was at track, she was in the trunk of her own car. Then they came back and got her car. They drove her car to Lincoln Park and buried her body around 7 p.m. in Lincoln Park. Then they threw out the shovels. That's basically the gist of what the state's case is against Adnan. So far, it seems pretty unreliable and really crazy, but I do have to note that every time you say Lincoln Park, my head goes, in the end, it doesn't really matter. It's so funny, too, because it's spelled Lincoln Park, L-E-A-K-I-N, but everybody that says it in Maryland, they pronounce it Lincoln Park. So I told you Jay's story changes multiple times. I showed you how his story changed just those three times. To this day, even after the trial, Jay's story has changed. And what is the reason for this? The reason is that the prosecutors use Jay's story to make their case. And it all has to do with cell phone pings. The main source of evidence that prosecutors used were the call records from Adnan's cell phone on this day. They looked into where each call pinged off and what tower they pinged off to pinpoint his location at each time. Off of these pings, detectives put together a map. Adnan's whereabouts on that day, in their minds, could be precisely determined by which tower his cell phone pinged off for each call. Take a shot every time I say ping. As long as these pings matched Jay's story, it would look pretty bad for Adnan in court. There was a point where they changed their cell tower map And the police realized that the map they were using of the cell towers was one that was outdated. So that's why Jay's story ended up changing so many times because they had to go to the different cell towers. They were like, oh, shit, 
McDonald's isn't under the cell tower. Now we yeah. have to be at Kathy's house. I could go into depth about these cell phone records and Jay's story and how it changed and how this makes Jay look like an unreliable witness. If I did all of that, this podcast would be a million hours long and Katie and Shelby would be yelling at me to stop so they could get on with their own lives. <laughs> Again, if you're super interested in getting these details, I urge you to listen to Serial and Undisclosed. Those podcasts have all the nitty gritty on this case that I could not even begin to develop in this episode. So here's the important part. Jay's story has changed so many times because he was cooperating with the police. The theory that people stand by is that if they think that Adnan is innocent, which if you haven't figured out already, I think Adnan is innocent, is that the police coached Jay through this story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play for you a recording of one of his taped interviews, and I want you to listen very, very closely. Okay. Um, what happens then? We leave there, um, I believe... Can you bear with me for a minute? Uh, um, okay, we left there. Uh, I take him. I took him back to school. Did I just hear like aggressive tapping? Like, hey, read your fucking lines, dude. Yeah, so basically, what the theory is, and because the maps that the police made were part of the case files. The theory is that there was a map in front of Jay and if he forgot part of his story, police would on the part of the map where he needed to be and then he would remember. Because when you hear the taps, all of a sudden you hear Jay go, oh yeah. Like he all of a sudden by magic remembers the rest of the story. And I'm not going to play a lot of the clips from Jay's thing, um, Jay's interviews because it would just take so long. Mm -hmm. But you can tell in a lot of them the police are like what happened then and then if he gets it wrong like he'll say oh i was driving and the was next to me they're like no 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 remember you were in two cars right and he's like oh yeah i was driving a don's car and a don was driving hayes car like he would forget things and they would correct him which is like, like not really what like- a recorded interview should no, it sounds like sounds a parent like. coaching their kid through their science project or their book report. Or, or even even when they're like, you, you do something bad in a store and you're just like, don't you mean to say something? And then they're just like, I'm sorry. If this is true, why are the police working with Jay? Well, we shouldn't have to say that the system is corrupt. Mm. And these detectives wanted Adnan to be their guy. And so they found a way to, quote unquote, solve this case. So why would Jay work with them? Jay had minor drug charges on his record and getting on the police good side would get these charges dropped for him. There was one point where Jay admitted to helping Adnan bury the body. He said that he helped dig and they both were digging and it took them about 30 minutes. His story changes, but Jay was never charged for this. He never received any jail time. He would have been, as you remember from the last week... That guy that was just in the passenger seat was charged. And I believe that he may have been like brought to trial for this, but he never received any jail time. That's insane. And so is this a coincidence or is this a deal that he made with the police? Like I'll talk and you'll drop my drug charges and I won't get in trouble for this. Yeah. Because Jay's story is probably made up. 
Yeah. I mean, I think no matter... I know that we obviously seem very biased, but, like, I think that a lot... Most people that listen to these facts have the same opinions, and I feel like it should be stated. Mm. We're trying to tell this poor man's story that is sitting right now in a jail cell. I'm biased purely on the fact that he changed his story, what, seven times? I believe that was the number, yeah. Yeah, Changing your story more than once to me is enough reasonable doubt to not say something. I'm not saying that we're wrong. Even the three that we read was just the two interviews and then the trial. There's been times after this that he's, quote-unquote, changed his story when they got new information from the cell phone pings, which is what I want to go back to for a minute. Okay. Because this part is extremely, extremely important, and if this trial wasn't biased and rigged against Adnan, this would leave the state with no case. Adnan's cell carrier was AT&T. And AT&T came out with a statement saying that cell phone tower pings cannot be used to determine location because there are a variety of circumstances that could affect what tower a call pings off of, especially, they said, for incoming calls. The 236 call, the bitch's dead call, that was an incoming call to Adnan's cell phone because Adnan was calling from the Best Buy to his own cell phone to, to contact Jay. The calls made that pinged off the Lincoln Park Tower that they're saying that's they know he was in the park at that time because it was on his cell phone. Incoming calls to his cell phone. So... This means that the evidence does not stand up and should not have been used in the case against Adnan Syed. This should have left the state with nothing. So AT&T, a.k.a. Warner Brothers, is like all for Adnan? I don't know necessarily, but there's a statement came out saying that I don't know if it was just Adnan or if it was in general. They're saying an incoming call could be pinged from the tower that the person calling is closest to. Right. I was going to say incoming calls are never used to ping. It's yes. It's when somebody else uses. But all of the the most important calls that they tried to ping to to say where Adnan was were incoming calls. Hmm. Just want to put that out there. Now, if you and I are on the same page, you would think that no physical evidence plus the invalidity of the tower pings would mean that Adnan should be off the hook. Well, we all know that that's not the case. And guess what? There's so much more. God damn it. Again, I'm not going to go too far into some of the details of this case, like with Kathy and with Nisha and with Jen, because we all would be here for hours. But there are two more things that I feel like we definitely, definitely need to touch on. One of those things is actually a person, a person that could provide an alibi for Adnan. That person is Asia McLean. Her name is Asia McLean? Asia McLean. That sounds like a secret agent. It's a really cool name. If the 236 call at the Best Buy payphone, that may not exist, but I'm not going into that, was indeed the call that Adnan made to Jay telling him that Hay was dead, that would have given Adnan 21 minutes to get into Hay's car, travel to Best Buy with her, strangle her, place her in the trunk, go inside to the phone, and make the call. It is a very, very tight window. And they recreated it on Serial to make sure it was even possible. Although it would be extremely hard to do all this in 21 minutes, especially if there's traffic from the buses at the school preventing them from getting out quickly, which often is the case at Woodlawn, it would have been impossible if Hay had put up a fight and it had taken non too long to strangle her. However, if everything lined up perfectly, it would have just been possible for Adnan to do this in 21 minutes. So, to prove that Adnan is innocent, we need his alibi for just this 21 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enter Asia McLean. 
Asia is a fellow Woodlawn student, and she claims that on that day, she saw Adnan in the library just like where he said he was. She remembers it to be that day because the next day, there was a snowstorm, and they had snow days for the next two days. She remembers this part because her boyfriend picked her up at the library, and she ended up staying with him at his house over the snow days. She also remembers seeing Adnan while she was waiting for her boyfriend to pick her up from the library, and she remembers talking to him. So this could be the missing piece that sets Adnan free. After Adnan's arrest, Asia realized that she might have been the only person to see him and remember seeing him during this time, and she knows that she could be his alibi. So she wrote him a letter. She sent it to him in jail. It is March 1st of 1999. Dear Adnan, I hope I spelled it right. I know that you can't have visitors, so I decided to write you a letter. I'm not sure if you remember talking to me in the library on January 13th, but I remember chatting with you. Throughout your actions on that day, I have reason to believe in your innocence. I went to your family's house and discussed your calm manner towards them. I also called the Woodlawn Public Library and found that they have a surveillance system inside the building. <gasps> Depending on the amount of time you spent in the library that afternoon, it might help your defense. I really would appreciate it if you would contact me between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. or 8.45 p.m. until... And it cuts off. My number is... And they block that off. More importantly, I'm trying to reach your lawyer to schedule a possible meeting with the three of us. We aren't really close friends, but I want you to look into my eyes and tell me of your innocence. If I ever find otherwise, I will hunt you down and whip your ass. <laughs> nice. I love her. So, obviously... Asia is reaching out. This is March 1st. So this is only a couple days after his arrest, like two days after probably. Yeah, pretty immediate. Pretty immediate. She sends this letter. One of the big reasons that Adnan later appealed his case was because he claimed to have an ineffective assistance of counsel in his lawyer, Christina Gutierrez. I'm not going to dive too deep into how much she messed up this case and how it is even said that she might have thrown it on purpose because she wanted to make more money when he later appealed it. However, the biggest mistake Gutierrez made and the foundation of Adnan's appeal is that Gutierrez never contacted Asia. Oh, my God. If only she had called Asia and tried to set up this meeting, Adnan might have had a chance to win his case. And Adnan, when he went to Gutierrez about it, said, I got this letter. And Gutierrez said, yeah, I took care of it. It's not not anything. What oh my con. god how would you make more money on the appeal like if, if you was fucking disbarred because you didn't even do your goddamn job in the first place she's also dead now so oh so <clears throat> sad where well, am bitch okay and wow. adnan though like really liked gutierrez he like thought he trusted her wholeheartedly the whole time and maybe if he hadn't have done that he would not be sitting in jail but who knows Aww. All right, so the last point I'm going to make, and this for me is the most irrefutable part of the entire case, it's the scientific evidence when looking at Hay's autopsy. Hay's body had something called full frontal lividity. Lividity in layman's terms is basically the settling of blood. For the first eight to 10 hours that you're dead, the blood will settle in whatever the lowest part is of your body. So if you're lying on your back, your blood will settle to your back. If you're on your side, the blood settles to your side. In Hay's case, her blood was fixed at the front of her body, which tells us that for the first eight to 10 hours after she was killed, she had to have been lying on her stomach face down. But if you remember Jay's story, 
as well as the state's case, outline a timeline in which Hay was, quote unquote, pretzeled up in the back of her car for five hours, and then she was buried on her right side. If this was true, Hay's body would have lividity on the right side of her body. There is no way that this could have happened in the way Jay said it did because lividity does not lie. Okay? That's the most insane part is that the si- you can't refute scientific evidence. It's like all the people debating did. climate change. It's really happening, idiots. But this is it's so there it's so much more than reasonable doubt. Yeah. There's real doubt. Yeah. I don't understand how a jury put him away. Nope. Yep. At the beginning of serial, Senator Koenig puts it pretty bluntly. Someone is lying. It could be Adnan. Maybe he isn't telling the truth. Maybe he did kill Hay. But what if Jay is lying and Adnan is spending his life in prison because of it? It's up to you to decide for yourself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is a brief summary of the case, just outlining some of the important details. There's so, so, so much more that I'm not even going to get into because I don't know enough to get into all of the nitty gritty details and give you the best information. So definitely listen to Serial or Undisclosed. Check out the HBO series. That's all I have to say. Are you okay? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I Shelby looks like she's straight up about to cry. It's so horrible. It's just it is a really horrible most perfect outline of what's wrong with our justice system yeah and i didn't even go into like when i say there's so much more <laughs> kathy said oh i we, we were i was watching judge judy so it couldn't have been that day and then she was supposed to be in class actually the day that it was and she wouldn't have missed class or she had a conference or something so she couldn't have been at her house so they couldn't have been at kathy's house then there's Jen Pusateri who said she was home and said Jay told her this, but then can't believe Jay. Li- I, it's just like. Yeah, I know. It's stressful. Then there's the fact at track practice where the coach said Adnan wasn't late that day. I would have noticed if Adnan was late and Jay's timeline, Adnan would have had to be late to track practice. There's just so, so it's like, much a, for him. And then Asia him? and Ugh. it's just and the scientific. It's just like how. So- so he it's doubly aggravating because there's an innocent man spending his life behind bars and there's a murderer on the loose somewhere yeah and he did appeal the case and he was not granted a retrial what the how i just want to know that doesn't make any sense where did he appeal to the highest supreme court i have no idea i I would need to go further into it i'm not educated enough because again there's so there's so much much of this case that doesn't make sense and it's all because the state and the prosecutors decided Adnan was their guy. I mean, he should get an appeal based solely on the fact that he did have ineffective counsel. Yeah. She got an airtight alibi for him and he she didn't even bother with it. My question was the jury. Were, like, were they all on crack? Like, what's good there? If I'm remembering all of it correctly, they, like, banned adnan's community from going to the trial they wouldn't let rabia in the trial what the fuck so they very specifically skewed the entire trial so that it just seemed like this was a dangerous muslim person and they wanted him behind bars what the f- literally charles manson was allowed all of those fucking people what what the fuck you know what's interesting is that the pings can't be used in this case but just a few months later in the same year, they're going to use those pings to get Ray Carruth. Yeah, I mean, were they incoming calls or were they outgoing calls? I believe that Michael Kennedy did both. 
I think that he would have called people so they can, because they didn't expressly note that they used the calls that Ray Carruth did. Right. Because Ray Carruth was where he said he was. He went to the movies. But right. he made the call from the movies to Michael Kennedy. And then I'm assuming, but I'm assuming at some point Michael Kennedy called his friend before he got in the car and right. would have been right there. The point is he said he was out of town. Right. Well, right that's there. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of these calls are pinged off towers in Maryland. If Adnan had been committing a murder in Canada, the cell phone pings would be able to tell. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing that is different. In cell the phone pings case. can say, oh, I'm not in this state. I'm not in this country. Mm-hmm. Cell phone pings can't tell you what part of the city you're in at what time. Right. It just yeah. doesn't work. So, yeah. yeah. It's Wow, guys. The last two weeks. Horrible endings of the fucking cases, huh? Yeah, yeah, the justice system has failed. I mean, it's uh, failed Sharika Adams and hey, finish her name. Hey, Minley. I I think the most heartbreaking part of this case is not even that Adnan, an innocent, probably innocent man, is in prison. It's that we don't have any justice for Hay. We don't know what happened to her yeah. because Jay is obviously lying. Mm-hmm. His story would not have changed so many times. If he was telling the truth. I think he has to be involved in some way. He knows so or some things. But the thing is, we don't know what the police knew mm-hmm. before they brought in Jay. We don't know when the police met with Jay before the recorded interviews. We know based on his employer saying he left work and people seeing Jay with the police before this happened, that the police and Jay definitely talked off the record a bunch of times before they recorded uh, anything. Yeah. We could go on for hours and hours on this case because it's it's a spooky one. There's just so much. There's you a know. lot of shit. It's scary because Adnan just sounds like a regular high school kid. So any regular high school kid whose girlfriend is horribly murdered could be the next innocent framed person. Right. Wow. I, I believe he's 39 now. He went to prison when he was 17. I'm not going to do math. Basically that's his entire young life he's that he's in his 30s for sure that's <laughs> my math is horrible if he was 18 in 1999 i don't know whatever you can add it to chancellor lee adams age because he was born in 1999 how old is he 20 he's gonna be 20 so, so if he was 18 so maybe he's 38 yeah okay well same thing that's how we figured it out yeah but it's just like yeah that sucks feel like i was gonna say something and i forgot but sorry no it's fun. like i could circle this case for hours which is why i took notes and decided to say certain points and i feel like i still said some other ones that i just get so angry about but i'm really proud of you yeah this could have gone on for weeks and uh-huh. instead <laughs> we're gonna make it to work in the morning and for, i'm really i really i'm really proud of you. that i'm thankful for that thank you for being a friend Okay, our caboose today, because we really need a funny one to get us off of this spiral. What's your favorite vine? Who wants to go first? Free shabaka do. <laughs> Come to Del Taco. They got the f- free shabaka do. <laughs> I love that one. That one is so good. Can we just play like one of those YouTube ones that are just like vines that saved my life or oh my like, God, like <laughs> vines that butter my croissant <laughs> oh that's gotta be mine i love that guy i could have dropped my croissant <laughs> just the way he says it really kills me that's one and there i have a like h- handful of them where i'll yeah. literally cry laughing every time they come on yeah. the screen 
I have definitely have before they even start. Oh, <laughs> I have one that's my absolute favorite of all time, yeah. and it's just this kid in the snow, and he's continually trying to jump on a sled. But every time he jumps, the dad pulls the sled away and he just face plants in the snow. And then the camera turns around and shows the dad. And it's like, I'm the best. And it says like number one dad next to it. While the kid's crying in the background, you can hear him. <laughs> That's so funny. I've never seen that one. Um, I have two and I can't decide between them. So you're going to hear both of them. Yes. The first one is, how my name is Trey. I got a basketball game tomorrow. I'm a point guard. Yes. <laughs> just because... I don't know why I just laugh every single time. And I had when I was subbing in Beacon, I had students that would quote that Vine. And then one day I quoted it back to them and they're like, oh, you know, Vine? and I was like, yeah. So when I would walk in the hallways, this like one kid, especially when she would see me, he'd go, hi, my name is Trey. And I'll go, good luck in your basketball game, Trey. That's just funny. And then. The I other one. I want to know how Trey's basketball game went. I know, right? Did how he did win? you do? He had to have won. <laughs> let us He's know. winning at life. You can oh, us Trey, if you, game tomorrow. Trey, if you're listening, please let us know how you did in your basketball game. Well, um, and then my other one is one that I literally quote all of the time and my parents are mad at me for it because I literally can't stop because it like pops in my head. Road work ahead. Uh, yeah, I sure hope it does. She literally <laughs> does that every fucking time. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot about that one! I, I don't know how! I watch, I, I watch his YouTube channel and he just kills me. <laughs> um, Drew Gooden, I love you if you're listening. Um, but it's so funny and online he literally sells a roadwork sign that says like, Roadwork ahead. Oh, yeah, I sure hope it does. And he like signed it, but it's like $200. And I'm like, is that worth it? Oh, my God. That's pretty amazing. But he reminded me, you reminded me of that other guy that, do you remember that guy? He looks super nerdy. (laughs) So there's, he does one where he's like, for female Ghostbusters, the feminists are taking over. And then the Ghostbusters theme comes in and he goes, I'm an adult virgin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he has a series of vines where he just goes, hey, I'm getting ready for my... And then all of a sudden you hear Hillary Clinton go, I'm getting ready to do something too. And then his his face is just like, are you kidding me, Hillary? (laughs) (laughs) Then she comes in and goes, I'm running for president. I love all of those. That's so funny. But yeah, so... My family hates me for my road work one, but I like every time I see one now, I'm just like, I have to say it. Like even when I'm in my car by myself, I'll be like singing along to like my karaoke tracks that I sing when I'm alone in the car because, you know, what else? No. (laughs) Um, Do you not do that? I'll just be like, really therapeutic. (laughs) I'll just be like, road work ahead. Yeah, I sure hope it does. (laughs) And then I'll keep singing. (laughs) Like I I have to say it. I think I remember being in the car with you once and I was like, road work ahead. And you go, yeah, I sure hope it does. (laughs) And it just worked so perfectly. (laughs) It's just, it's the perfect fine. Um, Okay. Bye mom. Bye. Bye Janice. Hi friends. I'm Tierney. I'm Katie. And it's your boy, Skinny Penis. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Drunk.